Our new legislators bring a variety of different backgrounds and have various life experiences that inform their outlook, policy making, and the way they approach the job. Like with any new job, there are many learning experiences, emotions, and the all-important firsts to experience, from navigating the maze of corridors and back staircases to even finding the bathrooms. We spoke to several of our new legislators about their first months in office and the challenges, surprises, and joys that come with being an elected official. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, this is Whip Count. Kendra Johnson is a former nonprofit leader and represents the 5th District, which covers central Newcastle County. Everything has been absolutely amazing. Amazing and wonderful and inspiring. Uh, a dream come true, a prayer answered, absolutely everything. And I am so enthusiastic and so privileged. Every day is an amazing day that I learned something new. When I thought about becoming a legislator and, you know, then decided to, to step out on faith and be courageous and do this, at the same time, I had to have the talk with myself of, if this really happens, what does this mean and how do you need to transition? So professionally, I was an executive director. And as an executive director overseeing 20 plus programs and supporting over a thousand people in those programs, my role was very different. You know, being responsible for a $17 million budget and being able to make the decisions based on my level of expertise and then getting the buy-in of my team. So I kind of stood there and, and I charted the, the course. And in this role, the first thing that I knew was this, you are no longer the executive director. Everything you do has to be about consensus building. And I came into it open with no preconceived notions, knowing that this is all new for me. While my professional experience has certainly prepared me for this role, there is still a lot that I have to learn. So I came in open and ready to learn. And that's how I am every single day. I'm like, whoa, what am I going to learn today? Every single day when I come down to the legislative hall and I, I sit in my office, I, I, I marvel. I marvel at the walls. I sit and I think, this is amazing. And what a privilege it is to sit here and represent the people of the 5th District. I take nothing for granted. When I go onto the House floor and I sit at my desk and I see, I see my name, Kay Johnson, um, and sometimes, if you look carefully, I, I, I look all around. I look at the ceiling, I look at the walls, I look at my... my um, colleagues and I say, wow, I am here and how, how honored I am to be here and know that I am only here to represent the people of the 5th District. That's it. What was it like, you know, driving to Legislative Hall for the first time? <laughs> 
oh my goodness, okay. So now this is where the giggles start. So um, <laughs> depending on how well do you know me, I, I, I'm pretty enthusiastic about most things and especially this journey because <laughs> this has been yeah, a dream come true, a prayer answer. It's been like, wow, this is, this is crazy. So the first time, you know, just driving, just taking a drive to Dover is just like, okay, this is different. I'm accustomed to taking the drive to Dover to Legislative Hall as an advocate, going to ask for additional funding for uh, my, my employer. Um, and now I'm like, oh my goodness, I have an office here. And then I drive up, not only do I have an office when I drive around, oh my goodness, there's a parking placard that says Kendra Johnson. <laughs> it is crazy. And, and it keeps me grounded all at the same time, if that even makes any sense at all. So, like, every, nothing is lost on me, you know, not one single thing. I, I love that when we're in session and that there is so much history and tradition in that room and that there are the expectations of how you uh, greet the speaker, how you ask for uh, personal privilege, like all of that is pretty amazing. And, and to be a part of it and to hear it, I'm just thrilled to, to be a part of it. And what, um, what kind of issues do you hope to take up? I am still in my learning phase. You know, my running joke is that this is going to be a, a two-year orientation. <laughs> Because there's so much to learn if you want to be an effective legislator and effectively advocate for your people. Um, oh my goodness, there's so many social issues, so many things that I, I want to be a part of. Um, education. Education, that's something that uh, was part of my platform when I decided I would run. Um, I want to be a part of as many educational initiatives that there are um, because I understand the value of education for our children and what is necessary for them to have good lives and that, you know, that the playing field is, is, is leveled, you know, for children with, uh, without any type of disabilities as well as children who have disabilities, child with an IEP, a child who is considered uh, exceptional, that all of those children matter. So I want to be a part of education. Um, I love my, my aging population, anything that is going to make life, you know, better for them. And then, of course, you know, having worked in a nonprofit for 28 years, I think, um, you know, disabilities, you know, be that uh, developmental disabilities, uh, physical disabilities, uh, all of those things. I'm just really like a social issues kind of, of person because I, I just, I believe in the, 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 the goodness of our country and that there are so many more good people out here than there are naysayers. And I just want to be a part of, of amazing things that are happening. This morning I met with a group um, and they were looking to increase awareness around uh, uh, suicide intervention. And I thought, 
oh my goodness, it's absolutely needed. You know, um, let's see, last week I met with uh, healthcare workers, healthcare workers, nurses, and home health uh, care aides, and, you know, they were talking about the financial woes associated to the industry. I want to help them. Yeah, it's just, it's so much. It's a lot. And then on top of it, I'm also the chair for um, housing, you know, so housing is important. Like, everything. Okay, I know I just said a whole lot. <laughs> I, I love people. I love serving. Serving is my passion. So whatever initiatives that are available for the greater good, for better outcomes, I'm your girl. Representing the first district in the city of Wilmington, Inamdi Jakocha is a social worker and Delaware's current poet laureate with his twin brother, Al Mills. It's been interesting. I, I think um, coming from city council, coming here, it was uh, you know definitely a higher level of government and you see a lot of the same issues and focus areas, but really at a state level. So and it's given, I believe, the, the access and the, the accessibility of, you know, from the governor to department chairs and secretaries. I mean, that, that's just so beneficial to trying to create policies and legislation that impact uh, not only my constituents, but constituents throughout the state. So it's been, it's been very enjoyable. Does it feel different, you know, being the state legislator versus being on council? Do you feel, did you kind of go through a shift of like, okay, like this is... No, no question. I mean, it's definitely still having that, you know, the issues that matter the most to me, you know, representing and coming, being born and raised in Wilmington and representing, having represented city council for, for six years. I understand the issues that matter the most to, to, to that part of my, my district and also how those issues could could need attention at, at the state level. So it's still advocating for your city, but you're, you're having the opportunity to meet so many other legislators and understand other issues. I mean, beachfront property issues and agriculture and, and issues that have nothing to do with you know, the inner city urban environment that, that I represent. But as a whole, it's the uniqueness of Delaware and it really shows how we're, we're connected in this beautiful state and, and how we've always managed as, as a state to just be unique can be different, and and, and I, I think the legislation legislator gives us that opportunity to really see how we we have such a, a wide array of, of differences, but collectively we are, we are one. Is still that same Delaware way. And can you talk about some of the issues that you're passionate about um, and that you want to work on? Education is first and, and foremost. Uh, I mean, the education system within the city of Wilmington is horrible. It has been horrible for, for decades. And we have some of the lowest, I mean, the lowest performing schools in the state. And we have no, per se, district that, that represents us. We're divided into four different districts who really are, are suburban districts who try their best, but many fall, you know, very, very far from the goal of being successful at providing the urban education, dealing with many of the, the needs such as, such as trauma and, and, and just the need for remedial lessons and, and teacher retention and so many other issues that impact urban education. And then the other side of, the, of that same coin is when so often our, our children fail to scroll, they end up in, in a juvenile and adult um, juvenile and criminal justice system. So that's definitely another area of, of 
concern and wanting to do what we can to try to just reform the way our everything from the way our communities are policed to how individuals are sentenced and the, the support services and that are available to individuals and their families when they are returning back to our communities and how we as a, as a state acknowledge that these individuals are, are too a part of Delaware and, and we really need to assist them and, and support them in ways that, that will empower them to be a part of our, our growing economy and, and just to uplift, continue to uplift our state. And has there been anything that, um, you know, you haven't expected, any surprises, you know, since in, in these last few months, um, you know, being in the legislature, anything kind of surprise you, you know, about how certain things work? I, I think the biggest surprise, and, and as a city council person, I wish we had caucuses, we, but we didn't caucus in city council. So all of our discussion happened, I mean, briefly in committee, but then it was on the floor. So we had all these sometimes hour-long debates on the floor. But in caucus, you're able, you're, it gives you that opportunity to speak to the sponsor of the legislation and, and try to get that information. So on the floor, all you really need to do is vote. Or I mean, if you have some really pertinent opposition, you can state that. But all you really need to do is vote on the floor. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. And then sadly, city council didn't have that. So I'm, I'm finding caucus to be just so beneficial and and it really, to me, is it's the true part of the democratic process that allows everyone's voice to be heard. So the caucus on city council, we, we weren't allowed as a legislative body to meet with more than a quorum. So if you have more than so many members, it was an illegal vote, unless you a legal meeting unless you posted it. But here at the state legislature, you're allowed the caucus, meaning that members of, uh, of the Democratic Party or members of the Republican Party can meet together to discuss bills, and it doesn't have to be publicly n- noticed. So, How has your background as a social worker kind of informed your um, perspective as a legislator? No, no question. I mean, as a, a core, my, my profession is one of the highest ethical professions, I believe, in our nation of social work, where we work with individuals in need every day and, and part of the empowerment process as, as social workers. That's our foundation, is empowering and assisting others, valuing the, the need and recognition of, of everyone in, in as a legislator, it's our duty and our, our responsibility to do the same. And, and as social workers, we start on the individual level, working with individuals and, and families, and then going to the next level of, of service, administration, and programs and services and organizations. And But the highest level of social workers advocating for and creating legislation that impacts the, the lives of individuals that, that are constituents every day. And that's what we do here in the General Assembly. So this is just social work on the highest level. It's a way in which we are able to empower our, our neediest residents and we're able to share and show our, our empathy and, and our support for one another. Melissa Minor brown a nurse and one of the youngest members of the General Assembly, represents the 17th district, which stretches from Bear to Old Newcastle. So let me just start off by saying I'm very excited to be here. I am very excited to be here. Um, I wasn't the little girl that was growing up saying I wanted to be a politician. I kind of just um, got into this space where I needed to, to be in a place where I could empower and inspire others. And after getting my master's, I felt like I still was not complete. So um, you find yourself complaining about a lot of things. You want to seat at the table so that you can kind of work on those things. Um, the one thing I've learned, and I, I'm usually very routine. Um, in my day-to-day. One thing I've learned being in the legislature is there is no routine. Other than 2 (laughs) o'clock 
a bell ringing right before two o'clock. There's no routine, um, and so I've gotten used to that. I'm pretty good at multitasking, so I feel like it's, it's one big happy family. Like you get down there and you're and you're wondering like, what is this person going to think of me, or you know, did they want the opponent, or you know? But you get down there and everyone is so welcoming. It, it's like everyone is your brother and your sister, and you realize that everyone is kind of working together to reach a common goal, which is to to basically be an advocate for Delaware and. I really appreciate that. What was it like on opening day, just, you know, having family and just everybody there? You know? That was such an emotional day. Oh, my gosh, I might cry talking about it. Opening day was so emotional. It was the reality. It was like, okay, I'm really here. This is real. This is what I worked so hard for. And just looking at my, hmm, just, hmm, you guys are going to make me cry. Looking at my family, looking at my daughter. You're going to make me cry, guys. Okay. Um, and her just seeing how, how hard I worked to get there and all the promises that I made to her, being that young single mom and just wanting to overcome the statistic. Um, it was like that day, I was like, look, I told you we would do this. I told you we would make it, you know, and I felt like I was finally at that point where I could say that to her. It was like, I felt like I finally reached that accomplishment or that goal. My daughter is really interested in politics now. <laughs> she talks to her friends about things that are going on. Even even my son, we were actually in the car yesterday, and my son said to me, and he's five, he said, um, is there really a smoking age? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what does that mean? And you know, I had to explain the smoking age. And he said, well, why did you say that smoking is killing our kids on the TV? <laughs> I'm like, what is he talking about? But I knew what he was talking about. I didn't know he was paying attention. So... Um, my my daughter just she thinks I'm famous now, but um she she speaks I she just really you know I didn't she's a teenager so you know we we kind of are always at each other's necks you know but I actually see that she actually looks up to me now you know she's always coming to me she's like mom what are you working on you know let me read it I really like that you're doing this I told my friends about this um, T twenty one is really important to her especially because she sees. Uh, what's going on in the schools and the classrooms and she's such an advocate for it that she's actually passing it on to her friends which is literally saving lives you know just hearing from another 16 year old you know this is something my mom was working on and I didn't know that this can this can lead to this and this can lead to serious health issues and you know hearing that from a 16 year old it's not like hearing it from your parent you know so I think she really is going to be effective in decreasing you know the amount of kids that are smoking absolutely and T21 is that's your big your big bill. How do you prepare for that, you know, and having such a, you know, your first bill being so enormous and impactful? How do you prepare for that? Well, there's definitely a bit of anxiety, but there's also this feeling of just, it's just really rewarding, you know, because it is a big bill and it's going to change Delaware and it's going to save lives, you know, and I, it, it kind of, describes exactly what I meant when I told my husband right before I decided to run for office, you know, I, saving lives. I'm a nurse, so saving lives to me, that's what I do for a living. You know, that's my career. But saving lives to me is so much deeper than just CPR. You know, saving lives is being able to give somebody something they never thought they ha could have or being able to empower another person or inspire another person. So for me, T21 is bigger than just saving lives as making someone live longer, but it's actually creating a legacy that's going to live on 
Yeah, have there been any like surprises, you know, since you started that, you know, maybe you expected, you know, certain things to be, you know, a certain way and then you, you know, got into it and you're like, whoa, didn't think it was going <laughs> to be like this. You know what? It's so funny because I literally woke up one morning in February and said, I'm going to run for office. And everybody's like, are you sure? Do you know what you're getting yourself into? And I was just like, yeah, I'm sure. And no, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. But um, I know this is what I need to do. And I remember being nervous about knocking on my first door. Um, I was so nervous. I mean, I was like shaking, you know, because I'm like, what are these people going to think of me? I'm going to knock on a stranger's door and tell them I'm running for office. But um, I forced myself to do it every day. And... Um, the more I did it, the more I got comfortable with it, and the more people started remembering who I was. So to, my, I love, I just really love my district because once I actually won the election, and then I go back out and I knock on doors again, it's a whole different feeling. Well, actually, it's the same feeling, but it's different because people are just like, "Thank you," you know. I'm so happy I voted for you. Thank you for coming back. You kept your promise. You know, um, what I know is that people are expecting me to do my job and people are relying on me to do my job. They voted for me and they they were confident that I could do it. You know, so I, I'm just out there and I'm, and I'm doing it. I uh, it's, it's just I think I said this before. It's just really rewarding because, you know, it goes right back to what my goal was, just being able to you know, make sure people's voices are heard and being able to advocate for people. And, and that's why my, my slogan was, your voice matters, because I wanted people to know your voice does matter. You know, we just need someone to carry it to Dover and make it happen. I think some days I get really emotional down there because I realize um, how important this job is. Because whether you, you pass this legislation or whether it doesn't pass, you're affecting somebody in some way. Um, so, you know, I carry that with me daily and always try to make sure I'm making the right decision, um, make sure I'm making an ethical decision, you know, um, especially for, you know, just the greater good of the people. But um, also, it's, it's okay to cry. It's okay to, to feel. It's okay to not agree, you know. Um, but just remembering that we all have a goal. I know that um, Senator Poor never lied when she said, know where the bathrooms are, because there are going to be tears, you know, and she was right, because I remember my first tear shed in the bathroom. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just feel like I'm surrounded by such a great group of people and, and on both sides of the aisle, you know. And everybody, like I said, is just here for the same purpose. And that's, you know, what I love about it. How is it working with all the different personalities, you know, whether in our caucus and just in general in the, in the hall? It's, it's actually good. I mean, I've realized that some of us may fight or argue. I, you know, I've actually gotten into a little tizzy with, with someone, not tizzy literally. <laughs> <laughs> But we all come back together. I actually went to that person and asked them to co-prime on a bill with me. Like, we all come back together and we just do what we have to do for our jobs. It gets crowded down there. Sometimes it's like a madhouse and you're trying to hide. Sometimes you get bombarded the moment you walk in the door. You walk in and you have a plan. You say, okay, I'm getting here early today. Session's not till 2. My first appointment, my first meeting is not till 1. So I'm going to get there at 10 o'clock. 
and I'm going to sit in my office. I'm going to review my emails. I'm going to sit back in my chair and I'm going to relax. You walk through that door and it's almost like this light pops on and tells everyone Melissa Meyer Brown's in the building. And <laughs> because as soon as you get to your office, people just start coming. The phone starts ringing. Someone's knocking on your door. Somebody wants to meet with you. You tell yourself, okay, I'm going to have lunch at 12 o'clock. You never get your lunch at 12 o'clock. If you go down to the cafeteria, you've made a mistake because you're not, it's going to take you a half hour to get there because you're going to have to stop and have conversations about your pending legislation <laughs> or set up a meeting. <laughs> okay. And then you get your food. And by the time you get back upstairs, you've got like three new meetings scheduled. You've got a bill you're probably going to be priming. You done jumped on someone else's bill. <laughs> and now the bell starts ringing. <laughs> So now it's time to go in the caucus, I go into the chamber. So um, it's like a, it is kind of like an organized chaos, you know, it's very chaotic, but th the only organization is that you know that that bell's going to ring when you've got, what, 15 minutes, and then I think it's 15 and then 10 to go into the chamber. When you are, before you become a legislator, when you see things come up and you complain about things and you see that someone didn't vote, on, didn't support a certain bill, it's easy to uh, criticize. It's easy to just be angry and pissed off or wonder why somebody is not doing something as quick as they should be doing it. And then you get to the other side and you realize there's layers to this, you know, and there's there may be barriers, you know, and you may be getting there, but it takes time because you have to go through a bunch of different layers before you can get there. And that's something that you don't know when you're not in the legislature. <laughs> you start to see the reality of how things go, um, how things move, how actually uh, how things come into fruition. You know, so it's just a whole different world. And I, I really wish that I could explain that to people, but it would be so much to try to explain. But basically, your perception from the outside looking in is completely different than the reality once you're in. And you start to understand why things are the way they are. Are there any... Um kind of lessons that you've learned from some of the senior lawmakers, you know, anything that you've seen that they've done that you're like, oh, I need to start doing that, or that's a really good, you know, idea. Stay active in your district. Don't forget the people who got you there. So basically never forget where you came from. Your district, they're the ones that went out and voted for you, and you owe them to be there for them when they need you. Um, know where the bathrooms are, because there are going to be tears. Um, if you are upset or angry, don't hold anything in, you know, share it with the person you're upset with and, and work through it and move on from it. You know, you're not always going to be, um, you're not always going to agree, you know, and that's okay. Make sure you make time for your family because it's so easy to get caught up in this political world and you want to be able to do everything. You know, it's almost like you, you feel like you want to be superwoman. You want to make it to every event, you know, uh, but you can't. You know, you have to remember that you have a family at home that also needs you and their lives have changed when yours changed. One of the most important and memorable experiences for a freshman legislator is running their first bill. Representative Sherry Dorsey Walker shared with us how the process works. My name is Representative Sherry Dorsey Walker, and I represent the third district, which is the west side of Wilmington. 
So it's a very long and arduous process, but it's a good process because what ultimately happens is it gives you the opportunity to talk to your colleagues and kind of feel out what they're thinking regarding your legislation and kind of flesh out any issues that they may have. And it really is an opportunity to build consensus being able to work with others to accomplish a common goal. And can you kind of describe what this bill is and kind of how it will help um, people in the community? Sure. So it's a cosmetology barberment bill. And in the past, cosmetologists and barbers had to go through a process of doing 500 hours and or 1,000 hours. And what this bill does is it eliminates those barriers, so to speak. And then what it also does is it's creating an opportunity for people to stay in their industry. So they won't have to worry about renewing their license every year. Now it's going to be every two years. And we're taking away some of, like I said, some of those barriers that existed. And this is, a, this is an industry where... You make, you can do extremely well, and we want to see people do well, but we don't want people hindered with having to continue to take exams, having to leave their shop, so to speak, if their shop is in Wilmington, then having to come to Dover and take an exam. So now we've eliminated that part of the process. And um, you had mentioned, you know, the bill started out one way and now is going to be kind of changed to be fit different things. Can you talk about how... um, Sometimes, like, a bill, you know, will evolve through the process, you know, based on the feedback that you'll, you kind of get. That's exactly what it is. So once you get feedback, then what ultimately happens is some of your colleagues may look at something and may be able to assess an issue that you did not see. Or, for instance, the advocacy group can look at it and say, well, I don't think this is really going to benefit in the manner in which you thought it would. And so I think when you're working on a bill, it's not a think I know when you're working on a bill, it's imperative to be open and willing to listen to others. Because when you go into something, something as major as shifting someone's livelihood, one really needs to be able to take a step back, assess the situation, and then see how we all can work together for the common good of the people. What are some other issues that you're hoping to work, you know, for this session, um, you know, in different policies? I'm really excited about adult expungement. It passed 21 to nothing in in the Senate, hoping that we have the same level of success in the House. Looking to work on a lot of the juvenile justice issues and some issues regarding revenue and finance and economic opportunities for all communities throughout the state. And my baby, agriculture. Really excited about the possibility of urban farming in the city of Wilmington. And we're not talking about cows and horses, but we are talking about being able to use green space and making sure that the community benefits from that. And so with with that issue, how do you kind of foresee kind of going forward with that? You know, like, are you, right at this moment, are you talking to stakeholders, trying to get information to hopefully get maybe a bill or something going forward? Yes, definitely talking to stakeholders, talking to the community. First and foremost, I think everything needs to start with the community. And then you kind of work your way out from there. You work with the community, then you talk to other advocacy groups, and you talk to your other colleagues. And then that's how a bill can ultimately become a law, a great piece of legislation. And have there been any um, challenges or any surprises kind of working through this process at the General Assembly? That's a great question. So there are always surprises every day. (laughs) One just needs to be prepared for those surprises. But I guess with my personality, I'm able to stay very calm, peaceful, and bring peace to sometimes what can be a little chaotic situation. 
Krista Griffith, a former prosecutor and journalist, represents the 12th District, which stretches from Hokesson to Fairfax. We spoke to Representative Griffith about her first bill just before it was about to be heard on the House floor. Today, it's our first day back after a long break for Joint Finance Committee, and it's your first bill on the agenda. What's running through your head? Well, I'm so excited. I'm also nervous. Um, I have thought about this day for a long time, and the impact of introducing legislation that will help Delaware, and I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And so I had some several ideas, and campaigning government efficiency was always on my mind of trying to think of ways to improve government efficiency. So I lucked out in that um, the Division of Professional Regulations was needing some help with legislation. And as a, as a freshman legislator, this seemed a perfect match for me. So I'm thrilled and happy um, to start off, to kick off this uh, March, um, first day of session back in March with, um, with my bill being introduced, House Bill 44. And how did you prepare for today? Did you do any rituals or anything to kind of like calm any nerves or just anything like that? Um, no, I didn't. I just, um, I've just reviewed the title. I mean, it sounds kind of boring and geeky, but, you know, I've looked through uh, Title 24, which is uh, the code that, that we're changing, hopefully, today, um, at least starting in the House to change, and um, reviewed my notes and spoke with the director of the Division of Professional Regulation to make sure that I had everything in line in order. So I did my homework that way. Um, we're, I'm pleased to say that this went through the, the committee already that it needed to go through. Um, so and we did we did well the committee stage. So we're ready to have it on the floor. Um, I, I guess in terms of rituals, I typically tend to get nervous before um, and walk around a lot and ask a lot of questions and um, and barrage my legislative aide with, uh, with asking her like, what are the questions that are going to be asked of me? Like, help me out and um, get me prepared. And and she's done a great job doing that. And also calming me down a little bit too. <laughs> I'm still um, every day that I walk in a legislative hall, I'm overwhelmed with a lot of feelings of pride and just. Um, um, you know, just awe at the work that happens here in this building and has happened here for decades. And being in the 150th General Assembly is really cool. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a neat year. And, you know, you're, I'm sitting at the desk and I'm thinking about all the things that have happened before I came here and what a responsibility that is and the respect that I have for this institution. So, you know, I, I, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to live up to. Um, and I, I hope I'm going to keep keep the tradition going. And, and so I do feel like, you know, this bill is not, a, you know, a huge issue for the state, but it's important. And um, I, I feel that each thing that comes before the body is important and um so I hope it will go smoothly and fine. After the bill passed, Representative Griffith came back to us to tell us about the experience. So, how was it? It was awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it's over, but in some ways I wish I could go back to it and relive it because it was really exciting and fun. So what was it like getting, you know, all those different questions? Like, you know, they were a little bit... Sometimes a little funny, a little pointed, but what was it like kind of getting that barrage of questions? Uh, I think I was treated very gently by my colleagues, uh, which I appreciate. Um, 
you know, I had uh, some nice comments from Representatives Kowalko and Brady um, welcoming me really into the um, House of Representatives. So that was that made me feel happy and supported and um, excited to be a, among this great group of um, Republicans and Democrats in the House of Representatives. Is there any like advice you would give to any of the new members having gone through kind of the, the hazing, as they say, and kind of working your first bill? Um, you know, just relax and have fun. I think remember what the mission of the bill is um, and know that you're not going to be able to anticipate every question. But if you know what the purpose of your bill is and sort of the intricacies of that, um, you can be prepared for any question. And, and always there's going to be one that's coming out of left field. Um, that's just the nature of it. And you're not going to have an answer for it. And that's okay. Just do the best that you can and um, get a few laughs and it will all be over soon. Some some ways too soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really was just focusing on what the next question was. I, I did feel, you know, I was excited. I, just, I really wanted to make sure I had the mechanics down. I was worried that I wasn't properly introducing it. You know, I really wanted to make sure I did that. Like, did I properly introduce it? Did I follow the rules in terms of how we address the speaker and how we ask our colleagues to vote on it. And I had an amendment, so I wanted to make sure I got that taken care of. So there was some, um, you know, mechanical issues, and I was a little nervous about making sure that I crossed my T's and dotted my I's. And once that happened, and once we were able to talk about some of the questions, it was it turned into more more fun at that point. Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dehousedems, on Twitter at dehousedems, and on Instagram also at dehousedems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed.